Happy holidays and welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground podcast for the week of December 28, 2015. This is episode 281 and I am Chris Bevelo, EVP at Revive Health. With me today are... Chris Boyer, SVP at Revive Health. And Dana Weymouth, Operations Manager of Revive Health. Howdy, Chris. Howdy, Dana. Hello. Hey. We're How are from you guys? Good. We're in three different states today. That's true. We are. We're in the state of denial, the state of illusion, and the state of confusion. <laughs> I'd like to know which each of us. Um, I'll take the state of confusion because I took some medication earlier for a pending cold. I, and so, I'll take delusion just because I do. <laughs> so what was left for you, Dana? Confusion. No, they weren't all rhyming. One of them one was. Yeah, well, is it denial? State denial. of denial. That was denial. it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm always in the state of denial. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is, um, if, if we hold true to our self-promise, this will be the first of two podcasts released on this, um, the dead zone that is between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. So this will be our Christmas special, even though it's going out post-Christmas. But the next one we'll post will be our New Year's special. Um, where we have fun looking back at the year. So that will be coming later this week if you're listening to this now uh, when it posts. So this week, what are we going to talk about? Well, first of all, we better let people know that we still have openings for the Joe Public Retreat. That's right. Filling up, but we have them. So get on board. Go to JoePublicRetreat.com and join us in February at the beautiful Inn at Palmetto Bluff in, I think, Bluffton, South Carolina. Can't wait to go there. I, I know it's going to be great. And we have some already some good people that have confirmed going. So um, make sure to get your, get your seat reserved. There are very few. So we can be part of the changing the future of healthcare. Changing the future. Well, that's maybe not a good byline. Ah. <laughs> In the year 2000. What? <laughs> Remember uh, what was that on Conan? In the year 2000 or something like that? It was like it was like some kind of fake thing that he did about looking forward into the future, and they would make fake predictions. You didn't, you, but you didn't get the reference to my musical. You didn't get what that was. Did you get that, Dana? Was that the Twilight Zone? No, I'll do it. One Star more Trek. Time. Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. Sorry. Save me from having to do it again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got two articles to touch on. One of which has a holiday bent. So. We'll hit that one second, but the first one is an article from The Atlantic, one of my favorite publications and websites to visit, mm-hmm. uh, which as an aside, I actually subscribe to The Atlantic magazine, mm. which is ridiculous, and I have thought multiple times of stopping because every article that ends up in the magazine is on their website, so you ask why would you get it in magazine form? But sometimes the big stories come out before they hit the website. It's like $12 a year. It's like, why not? Anyway, right, right. slide over. Uh, this is a story that, Boyer, you found from The Atlantic. You want to set it up for us? I did. I actually saw it. It's, it's a, a little bit older. It was from September 30th of this year. But um, I actually was uh, uh, found out about it watching Stephen Colbert this week. Um, and he highlighted it in kind of a comedic way. Um, it's an article about ads that are, um, well, the title is When Ads Are Watching You Back. And the point is here that they're, they're introducing now technology and advertising that is using uh, 
um, uh, Microsoft's Kinet Kinetic, Kinetic, which is like sort of facial recognition software. Um, and now when ads are being placed or being run, the the connect uh, connect software is actually keeping track of what the facial recognition of the people watching it and shaping the ad based on um, on their their reaction to the ad either in a positive or a negative way. It was a uh, first of all Stephen Colbert did a funny funny thing about it where he was doing an interaction with it. We'll have to post a link to that because it was pretty funny about eating odios. Um, but what's cool about it is, is that um, we're, it, we're seeing more and more technology now coming in to, um, in into advertising that is starting to understand how people are reacting and consuming to this, or consuming the, the advertising. And what I thought was cool about this is that um, this is a direct way for uh, people to see how they're responding to ads. So... So what is the value of seeing how people respond to ads? So I guess the assumption would be is if I don't look happy, you'll change the content somehow to further mm -hmm. try to engage me. Right, right. It's really what it's, it's what, yeah, exactly. Um, so what, what, I guess what the point is, is that they're exploring ways for, for to shape the content of the ad to see if it's resonating with people. I don't think it's happy or sad necessarily. I think it's more of like if they're paying attention or not. And then um, if, they're re if they're reacting in a positive way to, uh, you know, some kind of like maybe a, a, a line or, you know, a jingle or, or something like that. Really the point is here, it's, it's sort of like A-B testing with real-time advertising, if you, if you can get that sense. But don't you, this, what's the scientific term for this? Creepy? Um, no. Oh, there's a scientific term for what happens when you study something and the very nature of studying something impacts the thing you're studying. Schrodinger's cat. Isn't that, isn't no, that the, it's not Schrodinger's cat. It's, it's a, it's a, oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of it. It's uh, basically a fundamental part of science. Like if you're going to study atoms, the act of studying atoms will impact how the atoms act. So in other yeah. words, it's, it's, and scientifically it's impossible to study something without altering it the first thing that jumps to mind here is like is this really going to give you a true idea of what impacts people when they know you know maybe maybe it's when they don't know that they're being watched that would happen but here when they clearly are seeing the reaction there's no way that 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 they're going to respond like they would to a normal ad so it's a completely different test does that make sense right right so it's like um yeah, I know what you're saying. The scientific, isn't that called the observer effect? I just looked it up. Is Maybe that that's what it is. It that's sounds it, more scientific than that, but they could be. Right, right. Changes the fact that active observation will make a change on the person that's being observed. Or the thing that's or being the thing, observed, the not thing even the person, observed. right? Right, right. But I, I know to your point, I guess that's exactly right. I mean, it's like, if you think about, um, if you think about, these so the ads that they're demoing are actually in the storefronts, right? So people are going up and they're they're being introduced that this is a, a facially recognition software, and you know they're kind of interacting with it, sort of an interactive advertisement. I do think that people, the minute they get into that sense or get in get in front of this thing, that they're, they're going to be, you know, they they are going to change the way they react to it. But yeah. what? But what if they didn't? What if it was like? tied into our televisions and it'd be the minority report. You guys remember that movie? Yeah. That's the second thing it reminded me of was the minority report where ads react to who you are, not based on your reactions, but based on your facial 
profile. And they would know who you are and they would say, hey, Chris Bevelo, check out this new sweater. <laughs> Which literally that could happen any day. Because right. all that is is a marrying of facial recognition technology, which is already out there and in use with database marketing. That's right. Right? And you match That's the right. person to the known, and then all of a sudden you could have the minority report. That's a little, well, that sounds more powerful than this, but this is still intriguing. I'm just not sure how to look at it. Well, in the article, they actually indicated that um, facial technology is, is being used currently. Stores that recognize frequent shoppers' faces. Um, so that's actually being implemented. And there's a click to an article there in the New York Times about that, which is kind of creepy if you think about that. Yes. Um, and then also Facebook using automatic tagging of people in your photos and changing the way they advertise based on the people that they think are, they are seeing in your photos without your acknowledgement. Well, you acknowledge when you sign up for Facebook that they can do that. Right, right. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, but, exactly. but, but it does say like Germany said they couldn't do that. Like they, they hold off on their photo scanning moments app, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> and it's something different. But So the other thing that was interesting to me was they use the Connect. Like the most advanced technology they have to use is the Microsoft Connect <laughs> Xbox One, which Xbox has actually discontinued promoting the Connect portion of the Xbox One because it's so unused. Right. That's fascinating to me that it's it's like somebody strapped together this rudimentary thing and you know basically with the TV and a Connect, and now we're calling it this advanced technology. There's got to be more sophisticated ways to pull it off. Well, but isn't Connect, they also released Connect to make it open source, and they have open source APIs. So now everyone's hacking into it and using that technology for these things. So, oh, I, I don't mean, know. Me, it's yeah, just that's, a camera. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's a camera that provides facial, that has facial recognition built into it. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, I, I, I know that Microsoft did make that an open source product, and so I, I agree. The connecting thing I was, was like, oh, Connect, that's still around. But it is, it is around, and people are using it. Um, not on their Xboxes though. No, <laughs> like they're not even bundled anymore with the Xbox one. Right. It, when they launched, this is a whole, sorry, a video game aside, but when Xbox one launched in like a year ago, they promoted the use of the connect as one of the differentiating factors from its rival, the PlayStation four. And one of the things this article alludes to it, that people were worried about was the facial recognition against them in marketing. And really what's turned out is nobody uses the connect. And video game makers have stopped figuring out how to leverage the camera in their games because nobody uses it. Right. So from a gaming well, standpoint, it's kind of flopped, as has the well, Xbox One. But And I remember when you when I was at your house and we were we were on the Xbox One and like you would move your arm or something and it would do something on the on the screen. It would like it would actually disrupt with the actual gameplay. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, so maybe it was a flop from a gaming perspective, but yeah, but I mean, I, 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 what we're seeing though is more and more technology. I agree. Minority report is looming in the distant future here or even the near future, if you think about it. But I think that this is just a natural way for, um, advertising options and, uh, to, to start to become a little bit more sophisticated with, uh, how they're presenting themselves to consumers. So Dana, what's your takeaway on this? What did you think when you read this story? Um, I was looking at the the last line uh, from one of the co-founders of 
whatever the firm Activa or whatever, but she says, 10 years down the line, we won't remember what it was like when we couldn't just frown at our device and our device would say, oh, you didn't like that, did you? And so it, it's just funny that 10 years um, before where we are now, I just remember like being fascinated with having the ability to call someone on a cell phone. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, so yeah. it's, it's just crazy how, how far we've come. I don't know yet if that's going to, I mean, I'm already like a little annoyed when Facebook, I mean, I literally searched something in Google and then boom, it's like, right. That company's, <laughs> in my newsfeed and then five like-minded companies. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> like really? Like <laughs> it happens that fast. I mean, part of that's cool. You know, I think from one side of it is it's quick access. And, um, but the other part of it is it's pretty, um, overwhelming or, or just, you know, I know people are kind of focusing on the privacy part, but it, it kind of almost makes me feel a little bit like that minority report is that the robots are thinking for me. Well, you know, you know? that's a great point, Dana, because th this has come up in something else that I, I can't make work on my iPhone and maybe we've talked about it, you guys, but I've had a number of people talk about this recently and show me it on their iPhone. So the most recent iPhone iOS update includes a feature where your phone comes to understand your travel patterns and regardless of what you've told it, regardless of what is on your calendar, it'll pop up and say, your route to work is clear and it will take you 27 minutes, like at 8.30 right. in the morning. Because it has figured out that 8.30 in the morning, you typically drive to work, this is where you're headed. And people are like, whoa. It's just like you said, Dana, it's alternately uber creepy and super cool. Yeah. And I think as we start like... <laughs> Getting more of that, we're going to start wondering, like, okay, is it more creepy or is it more cool? Like, is it that phone thought on its own about where I'm going? I didn't tell it to look there. I don't have an appointment there. But somehow it knew that I was headed to the office and it predicted my route. My phone hasn't done that for me yet, um, but other people's have. And I don't know what it, why mine isn't. Um, but anyway, that's another I I have it. I have it set up on my phone, and it is kind of creepy, but it's also kind of handy. So um, over the weekend, I made a reservation through Open Table, and Open Table, right? It's a different app. Right. And I made a reservation, and my phone said to me, um, "Traffic is pretty clear, so if you want to make your restaurant reservation, you might want to leave now." That's you know. And now, what like, you said you had it set up. Like I have, I'd gone through, and I have everything on my phone set the way it's supposed to. We don't have to get into the technical how to, but afterwards, boy, you'll have to tell me. Yeah. I've had a few people try to show me how to set it up and everything is set up, but it's not doing it for me. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is like, it takes time for it to get to know you. And then right. it just starts automatically doing that. What is that I don't movie? Siri either. Do you use Siri Boyer? Like, I do use Siri all part the time. Of it is like Siri needs to know where your home is. Right. Siri needs to know where the office is. And if I don't have that identified, it's not going to work. What is I've that done, movie I've with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Her. Her? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With your operating system. Uh, let's so. not go too far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family show. The other thought that I, I had was, would it be cool or beneficial to walk into your normal uh, doctor's office or, you know, not to force this back into healthcare, but, but you walk in and either it's like, oh, mm -hmm. you're – 
you've gained some weight. I mean, I, I'm just I'm <laughs> yeah. being kind of crazy or like, oh, you, you know, is there something you've wrong gained weight? Or, hey, you checked in and you're doing great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. It'd be interesting if they would think to go that far in and like advance rather than sitting in a waiting room for 30 minutes and having to wait to interact. Like you could instantly check in and then that information could be with your doctor. And then, so then, you know, anyways, there's yeah. some thought on, on that way. I don't know. If, and say it out to the waiting room. Oh, you've gained some weight <laughs> out loud. You are really unhealthy. Boy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I know Dan, I think that's really, you know, that's really interesting. They, you know, they have refrigerators that can, can keep track of like, you know, what, how much food you have in right. there and make recommendations when you need to go get milk and stuff like that. Cause there's some intelligence built into that. And I, and I've said this before, um, is like, that's only a moment of time before they say, no, 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 don't have a midnight snack, you know, or they start to try to influence your behavior. Like you're, you're, you know, so the technology is going to be there. So, uh, you know, Uh what's, what's that moment we're looking for? Here's another science term. The moment in time where human computers will think on their own and that's the end of mankind. What's the call? What's the name? Oh my gosh. It's the convergence. The or the, conver- uh, no, it's not that, but it's something like that. Oh, come on. What is it? Uh, it's, you're right. It's one word like that. They talk about an iRobot, don't they? Uh, yeah, yes. they do. Yes. Um, the singularity. Singularity. There he is. Thank you. <laughs> when we reach singularity. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're, that's I think like we're close. Really smart people like what's his name? Um, oh, who's the... Physicist guy who had the movie made after him was in a wheelchair. Stephen Hawking. Hawk, Stephen Hawking. Let's talk about like that's coming, and when it comes, it's not going to be good for us. So no. not like scary science totally. fiction people, but actual scientists. Like it's Elon okay. Musk is worried about it, and yeah. super smart people that know better than us are worried. So maybe we should. Right. Well, give it's me okay. Our it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Because the Terminator will come back and save the day. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. Um, and Dana, you brought this one up. This one is from Adweek. Um, you want to set this story up for us? This is a good one. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was, I was browsing through Adweek. Um, we, get, we also get a physical copy um, to the office, but then that reminded me as it passed through the desk that I wanted to kind of see what was going on around the holidays and if they had any interesting articles. And so what popped out here was, um, you know, the title is why aren't Christmas ads as a big, good deal in the U S as they are in the UK. And so it dives into, and, and that would kind of be our talking point here is, um, it, it talks a little bit about culture. Obviously that makes sense. And, um, but what I thought was really interesting about it was the emotional watching of it. And I thought it was really interesting. I never thought um, about the fact that when you're working with, um, you know, consumers that it's really is a lot about their emotion um, and that, you know, this, this isn't my expertise. So I'd love to hear what I was really was interested in hearing from you guys. I, I feel like this is something, um, being at Revive Health talked a lot about as far as when creating from an infographic to a brochure to maybe even, um, you know, um, a billboard. Sorry, I said the word. Um, <laughs> that 
you know, that in the United States, it actually may have a lot different. And, and this, of course, is just focusing on actual digital video um, commercial. But I thought it, it ran such a um, kind of across all those platforms. So I, I was really actually more fascinated to just feel, um, feel out what you guys would think about this and if, if you agreed with it, if you had experienced it before. I mean, obviously, you guys probably haven't done a ton of comparison or work in the you know, United Kingdom, but I just thought it made some really good points on that. Yeah. You know, what's interesting to me is there is a, um, in the Twin Cities for as long as I've been here, so 20 years, and I think it's been going on that long, right around the holidays, the Walker Art Center, which is a world-renowned art center, uh, runs the British Advertising Awards, which is like a two-hour, basically it just shows the winners, and it, it takes two hours to go through all the different ads. Uh, and it usually runs in December and it's, it's incredible to go see because England does go a lot further with their advertising in all ways. So there's nudity, there's really, really graphic stuff. There's really emotional stuff, really funny things, some stuff that I don't think we could get away with over here. Mm -hmm. uh, I had never thought about it in terms of the Christmas because you know, I guess there's probably some Christmas or holiday ads mixed in those. I've, I've seen those uh, British advertising award shows probably a half dozen times. Um, but I didn't know that it was like a thing until I saw this article. Mm -hmm. uh, what was interesting to me was though, my first thought before I read it was, what do you mean we don't have emotional ads here in the United right. States? I mean, I think of like the Apple ad from last year that was about the kid who, was on his phone and your instinct is, well, he's just, he's just a typical millennial on his phone and, and it shows him like interacting with all his people during the family coming together for the holidays. And what he's doing is he's taking pictures yeah. and creating this amazing slideshow and it was uber emotional. I yeah, mean, that was like right. and I'm like, that's pretty emotional. And yeah. they bring up the Budweiser horses in the article. I'm like, that's nothing but emotional. In fact, that's so emotional. I wonder what the hell it has to do with selling beer. Yeah. Um, so, so I was like, well, I think we have those. We may not have as many or we might not have the length because I think some of these go like two minutes long. Right. Um, but I don't think it's like that disparate. I don't know what you think, Boyer. I don't know. I mean, I keep remembering some of the, well, I mean, there's one Christmas ad that keeps coming back every year and it's been around for a very long time. This will date me um, a little bit, but the Folgers Christmas ad where, yeah. where yeah. yeah, he's, he's home, he comes home in the middle of the night or something and he makes coffee and his parents get up or I don't know, something like yep. that. Like, he's home from the military actually. That's right. 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 Yeah. And I mean, I think that one's pretty emotional. That's been around for a while, but then again, UK ads, European ads in general are really sometimes over the top with emotion. And when I read this, I was surprised that they didn't bring up the one ad that's making a lot of like kind of uh, social media buzz this year is um, the German ad. And I don't know, have you guys seen this ad where a grandfather is, uh, you know, has written Christmas cards to all of his, his family and they can't make it for Christmas. They don't have no, they don't have any time. And then the ad transitions to they all get letters and they basically come to his funeral, right? Because he dies and so they all come together. And then he, he actually is not dead. He sent out a fake funeral ad to get everybody together. And then everybody celebrates and has food. And it was for a German grocery store. 
Wow, that's a long way around. Yeah. I know. And it's very and, and at the time and when you watch it, you're like, oh my God, this is so like it that really pulls on the emotional heartstring, maybe in the in in a typical German fashion, and I could say that because I'm German, in some of the wrong ways, right? It it just really does it. But um, that kind of level of emo- pulling on the emotional strings, some of the ads that were featured in here are a little bit over the top. And I was like, look at these and saying, yeah, these wouldn't really fly in, in the United States, I don't think. Maybe. Well, it's here too that um, they're just arguing that American um, realtors, gen- uh, retailers generally push messages of price and selection in contrast to like long yeah. form. I don't know. Is that, that didn't necessarily ring true to me. I think, I think most of the advertising you see in the holiday season is that right. It's like, Hey, yeah. you know, Macy's Christmas special sale, 20% off. And so you get a lot of those, but I, I do think it's, they're, they're basing this on social shares. So in one way they've got us, which is, if you're looking at how often a video yeah. is shared mm-hmm. and none of the American ads are in there, then I think they've got a point. But I don't think it's as dark as that because I think we could come up with other examples that are like the Apple one, which mm-hmm. is pure brand yeah. building, pure emotional around the holidays. Um, yeah. And I think there are a number of them like that. So nope. I just don't think we have as many maybe proportionally as they do in England. They don't go as long. They also make a a terrific point, which is if you're a retailer and you're trying to go out with an ad like this, you're going to go out in the holidays, you're going to go out over the Super Bowl. They don't have a Super Bowl in England. So if if you're, if you're going to run the, you know, the, the emotional Budweiser dog and horse become friends and get separated and find each other ad, the Super Bowls are going to get more people to watch it than you would if yeah. it's run during the Christmas season. Right. Um, and so I do think that is somewhat of a fair point though, back to what you were saying all the way back around Dana. Like if you're a retailer and you're buying ad space in December, um, you're trying to get people in your store, mm-hmm. you know, right. Right. Most yeah. of them are. That's true. You know, at, at, on the same, on, on, uh, on uh, maybe in a different way, I've been, I, I'm on Snapchat now and I've been looking at all the different ways that retailers are advertising on Snapchat. And it's interesting because to the, they're using that medium in a completely different route than like, a, this is broadcast TV, really, if you think about it. This is, you know, this is broadcast, you know, large scale mediums. Yeah. There, there is nuances when you go to websites, when you look at, you know, display ads, when you look at YouTube videos, they're using these different mediums in many different ways to develop that sort of that holistic experience. Um, I, so I think that it's maybe it's unfair to compare television spots to television spots as being like the trend overall in advertising because even target itself which is in here right they talk about target in this in this article about doing you know art um advertising about uh you can buy us at target you can buy us at target driving people in but look at target online look at target on snapchat look at target on these different places they ha- they're getting different messages in many different ways is, i guess well, well they actually give target credit for that in here oops yeah, they do. So it's it's they give Target credit um, in here for having holiday videos, and I think actually they're making a point that a lot of these are there are videos, not ads. Like there's not a two minute ad out there. It's a two minute video for Monty the Penguin. Um, it's a short, so they're making these shorts. I don't know if they're 
they are being run on TV or not. I mean, I get a sense actually from this article that this is, these are web-based videos, social media-based videos. So maybe they maybe they are comparing apples to apples after all, Boyer. I don't know. There are. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but still, it's it's interesting. Definitely, definitely different styles of advertising here as opposed to the the UK, though. Yeah. All right. Well, we better sign off before we spiral out of control on our technical issues or something. Does that sound all right? Sounds good. Sounds, Sounds good. all right. Good. All right. I think it's Boyer because every time he mutes, it's gone. Every time he comes back in, there must be something in your state. You're in the state of confusion or delusion. I can't remember. You're in the state of delusion. <laughs> yeah, the state of echoes. Is your <laughs> headphone? Are your headphones plugged in? Yes, they are. <laughs> I don't hear yeah. it on my end, so maybe it's you that's in the state of delusion. Could be. I'm in. A, I'm in a state of chaos. And and Dane is in a state of denial. He's like, well, there's no echo. This isn't happening. This yeah, is not never happening. Happened. <laughs> All right. Well, I will echo your guys' comments from earlier when I say happy holidays to you and your loved ones and everybody in the audience. Yes. Happy happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Festive Yuletide. And uh, for those of you um, that celebrated Hanukkah. Hope you had a good Hanukkah. Happy yeah, Festivus, too. Look for the end of the year wrap-up. That should be fun. Yeah, we'll put some good thought into it. In the past, we've used the Google Zeitgeist, so we'll have some of that fodder, and we'll maybe put together some kind of top 10 or top 5 lists um, that we can share. We just don't know what the top 5 of what is yet. But we'll figure it out. Yep. All right. So awesome. for the Healthcare Marketing Underground, this is Chris Bevelo. Chris Boyer. And Dana Weymouth. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.